welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. You're really punching those words a little differently today, huh? I'm working on my inflection. (laughs) (laughs) It's working for you. I love this. (laughs) <laughs> so our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the tecumseh Te territory within the unceded traditional lands of Suetmagulu. As settlers, we take seriously our responsibility to center and to uplift Indigenous creatives and to work to build a more inclusive YA environment for all marginalized folks. And I gotta say, Joe, it's one of the reasons I like doing the forecast episodes because we don't have to worry about whether things have been adapted into a movie yet. So <laughs> we get to inject a whole lot more diversity into these episodes than we usually do. This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, folks, this is our final forecast for the year 2020. We're going to be covering anticipated texts that you can look for, either book, television, film. All of them coming out in the next couple of months, either November or December. One of them I put on my honorable mention list because I don't believe it's really going to come out, but it's set for a release date of December 31st. (laughs) Oh, mm, that's Mm -hmm. a tricky date. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes that's what publishers say when they're like, oh, no, we hope it's in 2020, but we don't know. (laughs) Exactly. No, it is coming out this year. Mm -hmm. The very last day. (laughs) (laughs) I have a little bit of homework to share. Excellent. Hit me with it. Okay. So you might remember, oh, I don't know, a few months back, actually in a forecast. (laughs) What? No, I do not. Sorry. Oh, Oh, I thought you were like I'd made a noise that you were going to edit out or something. So, okay. Let me rephrase that then. A few months back at one of our (laughs) forecast episodes, I mentioned that volume two of my very favorite uh, short-lived comic series Check Please was coming out. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Check Please is written by Ngozi Ukazu, and uh, book two is called Sticks and Stones. And for listeners who haven't heard me talk about this at length, it's about <laughs> a university hockey team and the gay love story between the protagonist and one of the other boys on the team. I really love this series, maybe for kind of the same way or maybe for the same reason that I love Schitt's Creek. Like, it's this idea of a world that gets to exist. I won't say there's <laughs> no, like, bad stuff that happens in Check, Please, because there is. There are homophobic people, particularly on other teams, and they do have to deal with anxiety about the protagonists from a small southern town, and he's very scared about coming out to his mom and dad. He's worried he's going to lose his relationship with his dad. Right. So those those things exist. But this world within the team, which is so divorced from like toxic masculinity, and these boys are just so caring and they look after each other so nicely and it's just a really lovely escapist series and I strongly recommend it and the art is extremely charming and the characterizations are lovely and it will just make you feel really good so I really recommend it it's very very good and this second book is the end of the story right it's just two volumes it's just two volumes it's so it goes over the four years that they're at university together so the first volume is freshman sophomore year second volume is junior senior 
Oh, I just, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's really sweet and it's self-contained. And now that both volumes are out, I got them both out of my library. You should go and check it out if you can. So that's, uh, that's check, please. <laughs> nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And anything else or is that it? Uh, the only other thing I was going to ask listeners about is that I've just started reading Sadie by Courtney Summers. Have you heard about this book, Joe? Hilariously, I only just did as I was prepping for this episode. So I don't know anything about it, but I came across it. It's super popular. It's a thriller, like a YA thriller. And I don't know, Courtney Summer is somebody who a lot of writers who I really respect, really respect. Oh, okay. I hear her name come up a lot, whether it's on Twitter or other podcasts from writers. And, you know, she's a big favorite by a lot of the people at Book Riot. I've read a couple of her books. I read All the Rage and This Is Not a Test. I like her female protagonists, but... I don't know. I'm curious if our listeners have read this one, Sadie, because I think it's her biggest title Mm -hmm. and it's got a heck of a lot of buzz, like really big names, Veronica Roth and AJ Finn buzzing it on the back of the book. And I'm just... Not feeling it? It's not the electrifying thriller I thought it was going to be. But I'm wondering, (laughs) I'm only a couple chapters in, so I wasn't originally going to mention it, but I am mentioning it because I am only a couple of chapters in and I kind of want to know if I should stick with it or find something else. So listeners, if you've read Sadie by Courtney Summer, can you let me know what I should do? (laughs) Right. And how can they do so, Brenna? Ooh, ooh, you can find us on the Twitters at hashtag HKHSpod, uh, or you can find me at Brenna C. Gray, that's Gray with an A, or you can tell Joe whether or not I should read this book. (laughs) I may be more responsive than you right now. You seem to just still be buried under work. Uh, Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a time. (laughs) Joe's at B stole my remote. That's the letter B. So yeah, (laughs) please let us know if I should finish reading this book. You know, when you've just heard so much about a book and you feel like you should be really getting into it and then you're not and you're kind of wondering if the problem is you or the book. I'm there right now. Yeah. That is me with most things. I am so susceptible to hype. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I got it out of the library. I was like walking by and it was on the shelf. And I was like, oh, everybody's talking about that book. (laughs) I just pulled it off the shelf. Cool, 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 cool. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, I don't really have an update except that I've started to get back into Euphoria because I have a little bit more free time. So that is the Zendaya HBO television show where she is a recovering drug addict. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think most people know it. But if you don't, it's very risque. It's adapted from an Israeli television series. And it's acclaimed. I mean, Zendaya, I think just won, I want to say the Emmy for it for Best Actress. She's really, really good. It's really good. It's just, it may not be the right time for me to be watching this because it it's very like a stressful. Lot. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds <laughs> stressful. I'm not into stressful television right now. Yeah. Like I just started rewatching The Simpsons. That's how not into stressful television I am. There you go. <laughs> it's hard because it is stressful, but it's really engrossing and it's exceptionally well done. So mm. I can't say that it, you know, don't watch it because it's not good. Like it's really good. Yeah. It just, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of playing it by ear. Each episode, I sort of do a self-check to determine, am I still okay with this? Yes, totally get that. <laughs> totally get that. Uh, okay, well, let's turn our attention to the future, Brenna. Ooh! What are some of the things that you're excited about coming out? I'm sorry, can I just, can I just say November looks amazing? Yeah, and December looks like a garbage Yeah, dump. December's a bit of a garbage dump. What is happening in December? Yeah, well, I mean, I think at a certain point you stop dropping new books because you've closed the window on people buying them as gifts. (laughs) 
Right. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. almost everything that comes out in December is in the first couple of days. Yeah, exactly. But um, I'm really excited to talk about my first pick. I'm so excited because I got to start the document first this month. Which yeah, doesn't... I 100% would have grabbed this one. <laughs> I so know you good on you. I, I was like, this is a total Joe book and I'm putting it on my list. So <laughs> it's called Here the Whole Time by Vitor Martins and it's translated by Larissa Helena. We don't do a lot of work in translation on the show, Joe. No. So I was excited to find it for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, but I was more excited because, well, I'm just going to read the blurb. Okay. Yeah. The charm and humor of To All the Boys I've Loved Before meets Dumplin' in this body-positive YA love story between two boys who must spend 15 days living with each other over school break. Mm -hmm. Come yeah, on. That right there. I was like, okay, you can just stop. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm on board. So it says, what would you do if you had to spend the next 15 days with your lifelong crush? Felipe gets it. He's fat. Not chubby, not big boned, fat. And he doesn't need anyone to remind him, which is, of course, what everyone does. That's why he's been waiting for this moment ever since the school year began, school break. Finally, he'll be able to spend some time far away from school and the classmates who tease him incessantly. His plans include catching up on his favorite TV shows, finishing his to-be-read pile, and watching YouTube tutorials on skills he'll never actually put into practice. Same, same, same hard and same. same. Hard same. Yep. <laughs> Bring but it things, on, I'm there. <laughs> but things get a little out of hand when Felipe's mom informs him that Kayo, the neighbor kid from Apartment 57, will be spending the next 15 days with them while his parents are on vacation. Felipe is distraught because A, he's had a crush on Kayo since, well, forever, and B, Felipe has a list of body image insecurities and absolutely no idea how he will entertain his neighbor for two full weeks. Suddenly, the days ahead of him that once promised rest and relaxation, not to mention some epic Netflix binging, end up bringing a whirlwind of feelings, forcing Felipe to dive headfirst into every unresolved issue he has with himself, but maybe, just maybe, He'll manage to win over Kayo too. Mm, ah! Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, Vitor Martins is a Brazilian writer. Okay. And so the book is originally published in Portuguese in 2017, but the English translation comes out with Scholastic Press on November 10th, and I am so excited. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't even really know how to talk about translations because. We can't read the original no. unless you speak that language. So it's a very odd thing because in a way you're reading two people's work, right? You're reading yes. the original author's words, but then also the translation, which hopefully, I mean, I assume is a good representation. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the reviews say once I get a chance to get into it. And I'm also... I'm so here for a body positivity story from the perspective of a, a boy. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever read one of those on the show. Definitely not on the show. No. So I'm really excited for it. And the fact that it's set in Brazil and the mm -hmm. fact that it's a queer maybe love story, I hope. And the fact that Felipe sounds so much like me. I want to <laughs> hang out with him every day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm stoked for that one. So that's Here the Whole Time by Vitor Martins. Cool, cool. Okay, so my first pick hails from the Jewish community, Brenna. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I am going to begin with The Way Back by Gabrielle Savit, and it is out on November 17th. Here's the blurb. For the Jews of Eastern Europe, demons are everywhere. Dancing on the rooftops in the darkness of midnight, congregating in the trees, harrowing the dead, even reaching out to try and steal away the living. 
but the demons have a land of their own, a far country peopled with the souls of the transient dead, governed by demonic dukes, barons, and earls. When the angel of death comes strolling through the little shuttle of Tupic one night, two young people will be sent spinning off on an adventure through the far country. There they will make pacts with ancient demons, declare war on death itself, and Ooh. maybe, just maybe, find a way to make it back alive. Okay, that sounds really cool, and also not like anything we've read before. No, and that was really one of the things that I gravitated to. So I've had it made known to me recently that, I mean, shockingly enough, members in the Jewish community often feel like they're disregarded from very popular texts, like their stories don't often get adapted, or they're mm -hmm. not talked about, or they're not even really understood. So I've been trying to pay more attention to that. And when yeah. I saw this title, I thought, this sounds really good. Like people are comparing this to some early Neil Gaiman. Ooh. But you know, it's obviously very steeped in traditional Jewish folklore. And I thought, that sounds like a magical place that I should really just immerse myself in. Well, and it's interesting, too, because we've talked on the show about our frustration with so much fantasy being rehashings of mm -hmm. very similar kind of Western mythology, Christian mythology. Yes. So, yeah, the idea of doing something different in that space is always really appealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that is The Way Back by Gabrielle Savit, and it's out on November 17th. Nice. Okay, I have to admit that my next title I picked based on title alone. A hundred percent. It's such a good title, though. I could have sent this to you. <laughs> it's called <laughs> A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow by Laura Taylor Namey. And I'll just read you the synopsis. Again, this is a very Brenna book. It's just wildly Brenna. <laughs> For Lila Reyes, a summer in England was never part of the plan. The plan was, one, take over her abuela's role as the head baker at their panaderia, mm. two, move in with her best friend after graduation, and three, live happily ever after with her boyfriend. But then the trifecta <laughs> happened, and everything, including Lila herself, fell apart. Worried about Lila's mental health, her parents make a new plan for her. Spend three months with family friends in Winchester, England to relax and reset. But with the lack of sun, a grumpy inn cook, and a small town lacking Miami flavor, both in food and otherwise, what would be a dream trip for some feels like a nightmare to Lila, until she meets Orion Maxwell. A tea shop clerk with troubles of his own, Orion is determined to help Lila out of her funk and appoints himself as her personal tour guide. From Winchester's drama-filled music scene to the sweeping English countryside, it isn't long before Lila is not only charmed by Orion, but England itself. Soon a new future is beginning to form in Lila's mind, one that would mean leaving behind everything she ever planned. <gasps> <gasps> so yes. it's a romance. Of course. With a tea shop clerk. There's tea. There's cardigans. I'm very oh excited. <laughs> I hope they take a long walk along the windswept marshes. <laughs> it just sounds lovely and it sounds uncomplicated. I mean, it's probably very complicated from Lila's perspective, but oh, sure. when you yeah, read a book yeah. like that as a 37-year-old, it's charmingly uncomplicated. <laughs> yes, it was very amusing because as the description was going through and it was, oh, this could be a, a nightmare for Lila. I'm thinking, hmm, this sounds like a vacation for Brenna. <laughs> it's very true. Yes. That's another reason why I picked it. A little bit of COVID travel through a book, I think, is uh, <gasps> yes, very appealing. Yes. Uh, living vicariously. Totally. So that one's out November 10th, and it's by Laura Taylor Namey. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So my second book, I literally had to text you because I couldn't be certain that we hadn't talked about it before and maybe it had gotten pushed back. But you confirmed that we had mentioned it, but not actually talked about it. Yeah, I think we talked about it when the book deal got signed, but I don't think we've talked about the book itself. Okay, so listeners, waiting in eager anticipation because you have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about Super Fake Love Song by David Yoon. And of course, we have talked about David Yoon a number of times on the podcast. Still waiting to talk about him in an adaptation. Yes. uh, One of these days. One One of of these these days. days. (laughs) But he is married to someone who we've talked about twice on the show because she's had two adaptations made. Yeah, you gotta think... What's going on in that marriage? Do you think he resents her? <laughs> Do you think he's just like, oh, we are a power couple? I think I they are. I was going to say, Joe, he celebrates her success. He designs her book covers, for goodness sakes. True, yes. Mm-hmm. And actually, I do think that they just started their own imprint. They did. I'm so yes. excited. <gasps> it's interesting. So, folks, at the end of the year, we usually do big news stories. We each pick a news story from the year to kind of represent what happened in YA. And last year, we actually talked about the lack of diversity in mm-hmm. the YA publishing world. So, it's been really interesting to see this year some more deliberate efforts to make that come to fruition. All this to say, super fake love song. When Sunny Day, self-proclaimed total nerd, meets Cirrus So, he can't believe how cool and confident she is. So when Cirrus mistakes Sunny's older brother Gray's bedroom with its electric guitars and rock posters for Sunny's (laughs) own, he sort of, kind of, accidentally winds up telling her he's the frontman of a rock band. Before he knows it, Sonny is knee-deep in the lie. He ropes his best friends into a scheme, begging them to form a fake band with him, and starts wearing Gray's rock and roll cast-offs. But no way can he trick this amazing girl into thinking he's cool, right? Just when Sonny is about to come clean, Cirrus asks to see them play sometime. Gulp. Now, there's only one thing to do. Fake it till you make it, naturally. Sunny goes all in on the lie, and pretty soon, the strangest things start happening. People are noticing him in the hallways, and he's going to football games and parties for the first time. He feels more confident in every aspect of his life, and especially with Cirrus, who started to become not just his dream girl, but also the real deal. Sunny is falling in love. He's having fun. He's even becoming a rocker for real. But it's only a matter of time before Sunny's house of cards starts tumbling down, As his lies begin to catch up with him, Sunny Day is forced to wonder whether it was all worth it, and if it's possible to ever truly change. Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) Right? Again, this seems like just such a, a simple, familiar tale. Yeah. And yet, it sounds like the kind of escapism that we could all really, really deserve right now. I'm really gravitating towards these kinds of stories, and... um. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just yes, right? Like, totally. Like, that sounds great. We love the Yoon, so I'm excited to dip into this. And even if it is familiar, I don't think that's a bad thing in no. these times, right? No. It was funny. I was reading someone's tweet thread this week about dressing up as one of the female Ghostbusters from the reboot oh, movie. Oh, okay. And she was like, everybody wants to stop me and be like, that movie sucked. And she's like, oh. you know what? I enjoyed it. But even if I didn't, guess what? What if women get to have movies that suck? Right. <laughs> you know how many movies starring white guys really suck? Oh, so many movies. 
I mean, I'm not always the most positive person. I'm very, very cynical and bitchy and sarcastic. And I appreciate that I come off as a certain curmudgeon old man a lot of the time. <laughs> but I really, like, I am making efforts to dial it back because I am seeing so many people just attacking other people for yeah. liking things. Yeah. And it's fine if you don't like something, but that doesn't mean that other people can't still like it. They can like it, and you can just like it, and that can be fine. Yeah, other people liking things isn't an affront to you personally. Right? <laughs> like, oh, and I recognize sometimes there. it's just an internet thing. But yeah. just thinking about, like, let's put some positivity out into the world. I read this description for Super Fake Love Song, and I thought, okay, this could be a very familiar story. I'm excited to see what David Yoon is going to do with it. But then I thought, even if it is very familiar... If I enjoy it, yeah, then what's the harm? What's the yes. problem? <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, these kinds of cozy, predictable stories, people like them for a reason. They're comforting. Mm -hmm. There's yes. a reason why I started rewatching The Simpsons this week. <laughs> you know, there are things that remind us of moments in our lives, or they take us back to what feels now like a simpler time, or they just feel comforting and cozy. And mm -hmm. I really believe that everybody should be allowed to see themselves represented in those kinds of stories. Yes. Yeah. I mean, these are characters who don't normally get this kind of familiar story. Totally. So that is Super Fake Love Song by David Yoon, and it's out on November 17th. Right on. Okay, so my third pick, um, I <laughs> it's in the review, like the ARC reviews at the bottom of the Goodreads page for it. My favorite mm -hmm. review is a reader on Goodreads named Iris, whose entire review just says, queer theater kids, queer theater kids, queer theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also what I thought when okay. I picked this book. So this book is called The Love Curse of Melody McIntyre. Mm -hmm. Perfect for fans of Becky Albertalli. So that's why I picked it. And we don't need to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, that's literally just you. Yeah. Uh, this own voices romantic comedy from New York Times bestselling author Robin Talley has something for everyone. Backstage rendezvous, deadly props, and a seemingly insurmountable obstacle to true love. <laughs> okay. Melody McIntyre, stage manager extraordinaire, has a plan for everything. What she doesn't have? Success with love. Every time she falls for someone during a school performance, both the romance and the show end in catastrophe. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so Mel swears off any entanglements until their upcoming production of Les Mis is over. Oh, no. Oh, a theater production, a high school theater production yep. of Les Mis. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> Of course, Mel didn't count on Odile Rose, rising star in the acting world, auditioning for the spring performance. And she definitely didn't expect Odile to be sweet and funny and care as much about the play's success as Mel, which means that Melody McIntyre's only plan now is trying desperately not to fall in love. Yeah, good luck, Melody. Good luck. <laughs> it's so charming also i'm loving the idea of a stage manager as the main character in one of these yes, stories yes not the star not the star the person who actually holds it all together mm, thank oh my you gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> obviously we have both stage managed <laughs> yes correct. when will our turn come <laughs> i just love everything about this i love the cheesy setup i love the idea of you know, this very organized stage manager who's always getting herself into trouble by falling mm. in love with someone during a play. And also deadly props. Deadly props. Deadly Hilarious. props. I died. I died. <laughs> so that one is out December 1st by Harper Teen. So it'll be everywhere. Uh, 
That sounds like a perfect holiday read. I know. I actually, I'm going to pre-order it on my iPad so that I can snuggle up with it. I was saying to Joe this week, I still haven't made the decision about whether to travel home or not. It's November. I really need to make that decision. But it's a great plane book. But it's also a great feeling sorry for myself because I'm not on a plane book. Either option works. (laughs) Yes. So... Okay, it's good that you ended with that because you kind of cued me up because I'm ending with an anthology. So I I picked a very Brenna one for my last pick. Yay! But it's an anthology of haunted holiday stories. Oh my god. So it's very me. It's very (laughs) Joe. It's extremely Joe. Yeah. So my final title is called Link by Link, an anthology of haunted holidays. And it's edited by Meg Daly. So, Link by Link is a collection of nine stories of ghosts, spirits, and creatures unnamed, all come to teach lessons we won't soon forget. From sweet Christmas tales to terrifying holiday hauntings, these stories take a dive into the past in the hopes of creating a better, or at least different, future. Now, I don't normally pick anthologies. I know this is a bit more of your deal, Mm -hmm. but they do list the titles. And I was interested if you recognize any of the authors. I am looking at the list. Okay. And I do not, which is exciting. That's my favorite kind of anthology because that's how you find your new favorite. Yeah. I think that was one of the things like I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm not an expert, but I do know a lot of the bigger names and I wasn't seeing them. So I thought, oh, I wonder if this is going to be kind of an emerging or breakout mythology where we might discover some rising talent in the YA field. Well, and particularly this idea of like a haunted holiday. I love it. It's not Mm -hmm. typically what we see in the YA space at Christmas time. We usually get a lot of let it snow, let it snow, let it snow so listen to this last year's episode yeah (laughs) it's such a wolf oh my god that movie is so bad yeah (laughs) so i'm i'm interested in this because i'm curious to know whether we're just going to get ya versions of charles dickens tales Mm -hmm. or if it's going to be original content or attempts to reinvent the idea of what haunting can look like around the holidays oh i'm excited to hear more yeah So once again, that is Link by Link, an anthology of haunted holidays, and it is out on December 2nd. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so we're into the honorable mentions, Joe. Okay. And my first honorable mention is the one that I'm not 100% convinced is coming out this year. I see. Yes. This is the one on December 31st. This is the one that's out on December 31st. And I actually know almost nothing about it because this is another reason why I think it's probably not really coming out. But Hmm. on the off chance that it is, I just want to put it on people's radar because... It's a Captain Marvel young adult novel. Okay. And it's written by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale, who are the authors who were responsible for the unbeatable Squirrel Girl novelization (gasps) that I loved. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So I'm super eager about it. But here's the thing. It was first announced in like 2017. (laughs) Oh, Oh. I lied. Oh, my God. It was first announced in 2015. Oh, this book isn't coming out at all, Joe. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Well, good job on getting everyone very excited, Brenna. (laughs) Oh, excellent content. Oh, I'm so sad. I mean, it's perfect, right? Like a young adult origin story for Captain Marvel Mm -hmm. is beyond perfect and necessary. But yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is a maybe let's cross our fingers and toes and other things. Yes. And just hope 
that maybe we will see this before the end of the year. Yes, because it is listed. Marvel has it listed as expected publication December 31st, 2020. Okay. Come on, Marvel. Don't let us down. You let us down so consistently. Please don't. Okay, we're going there. We're going there. (laughs) Okay, so that was my super helpful update. Joe, do you have any honorable? I do, but I feel like I'm just going to go through all of them. So do you want to finish yours first? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. So one that I, I'm sort of excited about in a very low-key and delightful way. In fact, I think it wouldn't make a bad pre-Christmas mini-sode if we had any slots left, although I don't think we do. It's called Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. And this is a Riverdale knockoff? <laughs> I know that's what I thought too. It's not. It's an upcoming Christmas musical. Okay. Starring Forrest Whitaker, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. He hmm. plays a toy maker, but the actual protagonist is his granddaughter. So he right. and his granddaughter have constructed a magical invention, which, if they can get it to work in time for the holidays, could change their lives forever. Wow, that is vague. It is <laughs> super vague. But Hugh Bonneville, Ricky Martin, Keegan-Michael oh. Key, and oh. Felicia Rashad are all in it? No, Brenna, I'm <laughs> no. I'm pulling the parachute cord and escaping it's on this because that is not... Produced by John Legend? What? Is it a musical? <laughs> it is a musical. Oh, you did say that, didn't you? I did, yeah. yes. So it's coming out on Netflix November 13th. I think it's it's Netflix play for the family holiday market as opposed right. to the romance holiday market, which they also have some titles coming out for. Mm-hmm. So Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, but not drugs in parentheses. Right. Out November 13th. I'm excited <laughs> about it. And then the last, the big budget film I'm very excited for. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> so keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Is. Just no. The. Prom. The prom. I'm excited about the prom. I don't care that it's a Ryan Murphy production and probably terrible. I don't care. Oh, no. I, mm, no. I checked out that preview and it's it's a hard no. I'm sorry, but no. So I'm going to read the premise anyway because it has Meryl (laughs) Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Kegel Mike and Michael Key is also in this one. So apparently he's just making Christmas musicals this year. He's part of the Netflix conglomerate. He's been sucked in. Yes. And Kerry Washington. Who doesn't love Kerry Washington? So the premise is Dee Dee Allen and Barry Glickman are New York City stage stars with a crisis on their hands. Their expensive new Broadway show is a major flop that has suddenly flatlined their careers. Meanwhile, in small town Indiana, high school student Emma Nolan is experiencing a very different kind of heartbreak. Despite the support of the high school principal, Mrs. Green, the head of the PTA, has banned her from attending the prom with her girlfriend Alyssa. Mm. When Dee Dee and Barry decide that Emma's predicament is the perfect cause to help resurrect their public images, somehow, they hit the road with Angie Dickinson and Trent Oliver, another pair of cynical actors looking for a professional lift. But when their self-absorbed celebrity activism unexpectedly backfires, the foursome find their own lives upended as they rally to give Emma a night where she can truly celebrate who she is. I don't care, Joe. It sounds great. And it should be noted, this is based on a very successful Broadway musical. So it's not as though Ryan Murphy is just pulling this out of thin air. No. Ooh, honestly, if it was from anybody else but him, I would also be very excited. (laughs) But I watched Ratchet this year, and the answer is no. It very much sounds to me like the producers meets High School Musical. Mm -hmm. But I love the producers and High School Musical, so I don't care. It's out December 11th on Netflix, (laughs) and I'm really excited. I see. You're just going to railroad this through, aren't you? Okay. 
Definitely. It's a movie about a prom with singing, Joe. I was never not going to like it. Fair. Fair. Okay. Well, you know what? You're allowed to have things that you like and I don't. And that is fine. Yes, correct. (laughs) Okay. So my honorable mentions are all TV. And it's mostly just to cue people that there's still stuff coming out. Yay. Yay, stuff. Yay, stuff. So the first one is actually a future episode in the making, and that is Dash and Lily. So we get a 10-episode series version of the successful books. Mm -hmm. I believe for our purposes, we're just going to read the first book and then watch the show, but that is out on Netflix on November 10th. It's also worth reminding people that there's yet another Dash and Lily book coming out this month as well. I did see that, and I was trying to figure out if it was just synergy or fortuitous timing who knows i think it's both both. (laughs) (laughs) why not both indeed so two other ones the first one is alex Ryder. this is an import from the uk so people who are listening globally may actually have already seen this tv series it is dropping in the u.s on imdb tv which is apparently a thing that exists what since when i don't no. <laughs> like, is it on TV or is it a streaming service? I think it's a streaming offshoot of the website IMDb. Oh my god, how many streaming services are we all supposed to pay for exactly? I I can't tell you. I already pay for Netflix, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. Treehouse for my kiddo, yeah, well, and you know. Apple TV, right. which isn't any good, but I keep forgetting to cancel. So uh, okay, that's already four. And I never see anything that's already on. (laughs) Like, I don't know what people want from me here. Uh, Clearly your money. (laughs) Obviously. But like, at what point are we just getting nickel and dimed in the same way that we were with old school cable packages? Oh, we're already past that. 100%. (sighs) 100%. Yeah. So all this to say, Alex Ryder is a very successful series of novels. I don't know much about it, apart from the fact that it sounds like Junior James Bond. Oh, Yeah, so I did originally have this on the docket, but then when Dash and Lily got scheduled, I thought "Mm, two TV series in a short period of time is too much for us to handle. So we may check out Alex Ryder at a point in the future. It didn't get great reviews when it debuted in the UK earlier this year, but, you know, we haven't talked about a spy series on the show yet, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We would have to figure out how to watch this IMDb TV thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like, is it even in Canada? I Who don't knows? No, I don't know. This is what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, looking at the demographics, surprisingly enough, we have most of our listeners coming from the States. So, folks who live south of the border, enjoy your IMDb TV, question I am mark. dying to know how much a month this is. And yeah. why we needed it. Oh, well, those are two very different questions. <laughs> So the final one, and then we will be able to wrap up this November, December forecast episode, is actually a returning episode. So we previously talked about His Dark Materials, Mm -hmm. and the second season is coming to HBO on November 16th. Mm -hmm. I never ended up finishing that first season. Mm-mm. I still have two episodes left to watch because I just found it so slow and ponderous. Yes. But I do remember that Heather, yes. our friend Heather, who guested on that episode, was very adamant that the second book was far more interesting. And I believe that this second season will begin to flesh out some of the more problematic aspects that we had in that first season because... Oh. Remember how we were like, we don't understand what's happening in the other world? Yeah. Well, that's where the second season is set. Oh. 
Well, yeah. maybe this is a place to ask listeners to weigh in. Do you like us to revisit the world of his dark materials? You should let us know. Yeah. So if you would be interested in us, yeah, going back to Philip Pullman's world, let us know. We can consider it uh, because we are sort of currently constructing our 2021 schedule. I think we definitely need Heather to come back for that episode. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please have her on speed dial if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, ex- <laughs> Heather, please explain everything to us. We're very dumb. <laughs> what is that silver thing? No, the gold thing? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> uh yeah so those are my honorable mentions right on okay well that's it for us we'd love to know what you have on your hold list right now if you want to let us know you can find us on the twitters i've already said this but i'm going to say it again hashtag hkhs pod or you can send us something longer hkhs pod at Mm gmail.com if you want to find just joe on the twitters he's I am at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's gray with an A. And <laughs> next week, Joe is making me read something mm-hmm. about teenagers who explode. Yeah. So the buzz on the street is that at least the film Spontaneous is really, really good. I did get cute, and I told Brenna this offline not quite a content warning, but just be mindful that apparently it is a little bit tense and it is a smidge gory because these teenagers blow up real, real good. Yeah, Joe actually, <laughs> Joe's giving a much gentler recommendation to you guys. To me, he was like, can you make sure your husband is free to watch it with you? Because <laughs> you're going to find it tense and overwhelming. <laughs> horror people told me that they found it very tense so i thought oh for a layman like brenna this could be (laughs) this will push you gently into uncomfortable territory we'll put it that way yeah Mm. yeah it's okay dev is actually quite excited to watch it with me so yeah yes okay so spontaneous that is our main episode next week Okay. So yeah, I guess until then, I will see you on the page, except that I'll be under the covers reading with a flashlight. Right. And I will see you with all the gooey, gory viscera (laughs) on the screen. Gross. Oh, viscera. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.